In today's podcast, I want to talk about the misconception about self-care. When I started talking about self-care many years ago, it was still a new concept and lots of mommies were not taking care of themselves. So the trend started on get some time for yourself, go on a break, take a bubble bath, buy yourself a cup of tea, meet a friend, etc., etc. And then over the years, the trend took off and everybody was talking about self-care. And now if you look at self-care, it's all over and everybody's saying, don't forget your self-care, go get yourself something, buy yourself something nice, meet a friend. And you feel like you've just heard it all and it's not really making you feel so awesome. Because let's be honest, if we stressed out and feeling overwhelmed with our life, going to grab a coffee with a friend sometimes doesn't help. Going to take a bubble bath, yeah, you know, it's okay, but it's not eliminating the problem. And over the years, I found out that I'll start some self-care and then I don't stick to it. And I tried to understand why. Why am I not able to stick to it? Is it because I'm not consistent? Is it because I'm not taking care of myself? But then I realized I wasn't really understanding the concept of self-care fully because self-care is not a physical thing alone. The physical actually comes later and this is referring to being a healthier person, being a person who is eating well, they're taking care of their skin, they're taking care of their physique, going to gym or walking. That is all physical self-care, whether you are getting girl time or whether you are buying yourself a gift every month, whatever the sense may be, if you're not mentally healthy, then the physical or outwardly is not gonna give you a lot of enjoyment. And if you do do it, it's going to be so almost you'll still feel that emptiness. You'll feel that unfulfillment. And I'm sure if you've been doing that, you have felt that before. So you know exactly what I'm saying. What I believe true self-care is having a healthy mind and healthy emotions and basically a healthy soul. And it's in happiness inside of yourself, which you've learned to achieve and how you achieve that is by having respect for yourself, number one, setting boundaries for yourself, number two, and number three, living your life the way you hope and wish it to be. So not so much an idealism, but more of a, I want to live my life this way. And if there are obstacles that are preventing you from living the life that you want to live, then no matter what you do, you're never going to attain that happiness because happiness is such an internal thing. I remember somebody told me recently and just really stuck in my head. That person said happiness is an inside job. And I just loved how that was expressed because that is exactly what we're not told. We have this concept that happiness comes from other people's actions and behavior and characteristics and this ties into how we allow toxic people and manipulative people to affect us i always tell my children because they 
tend to have the usual sibling rivalry and then I'll try to sort that out and they'll say well if he just changed or if she just changed and I have to tell them no they're never going to change if you waiting for that because it takes two to argue and if you don't stop the argument then that person might not stop and we'll just have this vicious circle it takes one person the person with the most wisdom to stop that argument and end it and you can do that by walking away and you can do that by choosing not to be part of it and actually not caring about who's right and who's wrong and about winning and when you come to that point where you're so happy with yourself inside you don't need other people to give you that satisfaction so you avoid a lot of those um, bad relationships and unhealthy people and all this comes down to self-care in a mental fashion because when you're mentally strong it helps you to control your emotions i'm sure you notice a lot of the times that when you are doing anything in life or when you just being a mom if you are arguing with your children or you're mad at your children if you really look at your internal state it is an emotional one they did something that upset you they cause a reaction which is now your emotional state is all in an upheaval so you either yell at them um, you start feeling frustrated, resentful, whatever the feelings you're having, it's stemming from an emotional cause. Now, when you're controlling that emotional state, you're able to look past that and you don't allow your emotions to determine your actions. And all that ties into learning to have self-care by not allowing yourself to get into situations that upset you. I'll give you a perfect example from my life my children you know have been doing chores since they were young it's been part of their life for years and now as teenagers they act like they've never done a chore in their life they've regressed with everything i give them they do it in the worst way they can they're just trying to finish up and it causes me a lot of frustration because i think of it as or used to think of it as this is not something they don't know i've taught them this for a decade or more and I'm sitting here and still teaching the same things. And then I get frustrated. I start yelling. The whole house is in upheaval. I'm upset with them. And you know what? Some other kids do not let that affect them for long. But you sitting there as a mom and you're so mad and angry and just in anxiety. And then you have to tell yourself, okay, let me look at this rationally. Like, Put your emotional state aside, put your frustration in, and then you have to say, who am I dealing with? I'm dealing with teenagers who are in the most selfish stage of, well, I don't know this, but from my opinion, it's the most selfish stage we go through as human beings. And they really not thinking responsibly because they are not running the house. They have no clue how it is to be a parent. They have no clue about what you're going through. They really don't. And so I'm dealing with immature adults that are totally irresponsible, number one. Then I tell myself, okay, so am I able to change this? What I did so far, has it been effective? And usually no, because I've been doing this for years. And if I really look at it, it wasn't effective. Otherwise I wouldn't still have the problem. So then I tell myself, I guess I can't keep doing that because it's not working. So I look at the situation as, is it just easier for me to do it myself or for this lesson to be learned? And usually when it comes down to certain chores, 
I feel like it's just easier to do it myself than to ask them. But if there's a lesson to be made, like one of them made a really, really bad mess and that person needs to know that you cannot just leave a mess and someone needs to clean it, then I will keep that off and I will keep on focusing on the lesson to be made, not so much the cleanup to be made because that was my intention. But if I'm focusing on whether I need something done, it's just easier for me to do it and not to worry about the lesson. So there's not going to be no lesson to be learned. So why stress about it? I even consider that self-care. Self-care is when you make decisions and choices that are beneficial for yourself. Sometimes we so focus on we need to raise our children a certain way that we just willing to trample on ourselves to get to that point. That is not self-care. Self-care is doing things within your limits, doing things that you are able to do that's not going to cause you to have stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. Because anytime you have stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, that means that you've reached points that surpassed what you were capable of handling. And that usually means that you've overstepped a limit or a boundary that affected you. You can compare yourself to another person. Like if somebody's going through struggles that you are going through and they're not getting affected by it and you are, you can compare yourself to them because we all are different and we have different personalities and characteristics and we have different triggers. And if you are particular to a specific trigger, then that's gonna affect you a lot more than a mom who doesn't have that thing as a trigger. So it's very good to find out what your triggers are. And that's another act of self-care, is finding out your triggers. You have to know what are the things that get to you. Because I'll tell you as mom to mom, if there's things that you just cannot deal with, which AKA is your triggers, it is going to be much easier for you to just deal with that yourself than ask someone to do it. Say, for example, your trigger is you cannot stand a dirty dish in the sink and you have assigned dishes to one of your kids or you maybe do a rotational dish cleaning and your kids sort of slack and the usual teenage <laughs> or if you have older kids, it could be older kids. I mean, kids are kids. They will try and get away with whatever they can, whenever they can. So if that's your trigger and you get so upset when the kids do not do that chore, can't stand the look of a dirty sink, don't give it to your child because it will be much easier to just do it yourself. I don't get crazy if my, dish, my, my dishes are you know, messy, but it does bother me, but it's not like a trigger. None of my kids do dishes well. Yeah, it irritates me. If I tell them to load the dishwasher, they will put it with a whole lot of food in and I'll, and I'll basically have to redo it again. And I've been talking about this over and over and over. And what happens is that it doesn't change. I mean, you just go through this cycle. So I told myself, I don't mind dishes. I'm just gonna do it. I don't think I need to teach that lesson of you need to wash the dishes because you need to learn how to do dishes. I remember going onto YouTube and watching how a lady was cleaning the bathrooms because I never cleaned bathrooms when I was young. It's still, I hate it and I still can't get used to it. And so in a sense, some of my self-care is not cleaning bathrooms. If I just cannot stand something, then part of my self-care would be to assign that to somebody else or get somebody to clean it. So there's so many various ways of self-care and I think that that word in itself is making people roll their eyes 
and say, you know what, it's not really helping. But that's because we haven't determined that self-care is a mental thing first. You have to be healthy, you have to pick your battles, and you have to take care of yourself because no one else is going to take care of you. So that's something that you have to accept. It doesn't mean that your family doesn't care about you. It doesn't mean that. It just means that everyone else is busy with their life. Don't take it personally because that's just how they are. They're not thinking of you. And for a long time, that was really hard for me to accept because I felt that when people love you, they should care about you. But that is actually what a mother is. A mother loves unconditionally. A mother is somebody who will take so much and still keep on loving and giving and caring. And that's why Janna is under her feet. I mean, she earned that because she has that selflessness. But you cannot judge everybody on that same criteria because they're not mothers. We expect our kids and our husbands and our family members to treat us the way we treat them and that's not how it is so again self-care is even realization and so when you look at self-care just start looking at it in ways that you can thrive mentally and then once you feel that you have helped yourself to become emotionally strong and not allowing anything to affect that state or when it is affected finding ways to cope with it so whether it's taking a certain kind of vitamin or needing to get away removing yourself from that situation you need to know all these ways of helping yourself when you are triggered and then once you have that all figured out then you turn to the physical self-care but honestly when you are mentally thriving then everything just starts falling into place you will start wanting to take better care of yourself you'll start feeling motivated and you'll start feeling more confident because all this comes from a mental state no matter what you're going to start if you've been failing at diets if you've been failing at eating healthy if you are turning to food for emotional support if you are just not taking care of yourself not taking time it's not because you are lazy or you can't keep to commitments it's because you mentally not strong you mentally not happy and then you need to go back and figure out okay what am i going to do to change that situation i am going to find ways to make myself stronger and make myself not allow my emotions to overtake me and things you can do are journaling number one motivational and inspirational talks definitely focusing a lot more on learning about the dean because it really inspires you and motivates you and sort of accept the hardship of life because you know that this is a test and it's temporary and it's sort of like what we are meant to go through there's so many ways to um, help you get emotionally strong and i mean that's something that you can you know, find tips online. That is really the key to self-care. Get self-care for your mind first and then do the physical. So I really hope these tips helped you to focus on what self-care truly is and to not fall for the myths that self-care is a nice bubble bath. But you know what? That's really good as well.